Welcome to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. Oh yeah, tapping into that supply, tapping into the COVID-19 reserves. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 160 of Three Beers In. This week we are drinking uh, from Zero Gravity Craft Brewery located out of Vermont, Madonna Double IPA. That's right, it's an 8% ABV, 90 IBU IPA, double IPA, excuse me. And uh, welcome, welcome. I am so, so excited that you're all here today. If you're joining me for the first time, it's a show where I do a little a, a little personal talk and then I do a beer, uh, I do a hop of the week beer news and then I do a review and then that wraps the show. And, you know, last week, if you were here, you joined, you know, the talk of the town was the COVID-19, and it still is, unfortunately. I'm really sorry about that. It's still the talk of the town. I mean, because it's ramping up a little bit. We are in the midst of a shutdown-type situation here in New York City, in New York State, rather, where you cannot leave your home unless it's going for the grocery or to the doctor, and you're, unless you're an essential worker, which I am. Sake, it starts at, uh, I think it starts at 9 o'clock tonight or 8 o'clock tonight where everyone has to just hang in there and just hunker down and defeat this thing, or at least slow it down a little bit. Because I did talk about it uh, last week, how we need to pump the brakes on this bad boy or we will be overwhelmed. Nonetheless, here we are. I hope that you heeded my advice and got your craft beer fridges stocked. I know that a lot of uh, the tap rooms had to close. So your local breweries, uh, if you were able to get to them, uh, so, now Flagship here was doing deliveries. Uh, Killsboro was uh, opened up. I think it's Hop Shop or, or Craft House, I'll clarify, uh, where you were able to pick up some beer. It was important for you to guys go out there and to prop up your craft beer uh, locals, because uh, this we don't know when the end of this thing is going to be, and it's getting more and more a little a little more uncertain. And uh, these are not these. I want I don't want to say these are dark times, but this is definitely unprecedented and it's definitely scary. But guess what? We are going to be okay. We're going to get through. Three beers in will continue as long as I have a microphone, electricity, and a way to get this thing online. I don't care. I will make it happen for you, okay? I will be drinking this beer. I have a fridge stocked for three months. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to go Joe, uh, to Joe Canals afterwards uh, if it goes beyond that. Nonetheless, we are good to go, ladies and gentlemen. Good to go. And, you know, maybe try to keep things a little lighthearted. You know, the Fed's been pumping up these companies and pumping up the market and stuff like that, but I wouldn't mind seeing uh, some companies fail, okay? For, for example... If the if the whole airline industry went down, this would be a opportunity. Now, look, I'm not doing any insider trading here, but if you want to make billions of dollars, what you do is you try to link up with Doja Cat and you make Doja Air or uh, Billie Eilish and you and you make Billie Red Eilish, which only does red eyes. That's it. And everything, every terminal on the plane has a TikTok account or some sort of a TikTok for that seat. And you do your renegade dances and stuff like that. We're looking toward this the millennial future where dancing in front of a camera is more important than voting in your local elections. Imagine like a Buffalo Wild Wings Flight 69. Like, come on. That would be absolutely incredible. Taking you to, to from uh, from New York to Los Angeles for the for the football game. 
that is where we're going. And I hope Hooters Air makes a comeback because it was there for a little while. And if and if if you're a little bored because I know people are on quarantine right now, so they don't know what to do in terms of like what to to read or what to watch. Go on YouTube and look up Hooters Air, the beginning and the end of that, and you would. It's a fun thing to watch. The fact that Hooters did indeed, I think for about a year or so, had their own airline. Not even kidding, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just, just a quick thing that happened with me. So this week has been really, really testy uh, with with everything in terms of the uh, quarantine that's coming and the ramping down or, or ramping up of the people having to stay home. I got a bad hiccup I'm trying to work through here. I'll tell you what, though. Um, if this was, If this is what Thanos was talking about, the guy had a point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My commute... Okay, and this is purely selfish by me by me saying this, and and rightfully so because this is my show. But my commute has become like fifteen minutes. I'm I'm not even kidding. It would take me an hour and twenty to get to work on a regular day. Now I'm getting there in fifteen minutes. I'm getting to Manhattan in fifteen minutes, and then it's it, however, if I want to hustle my walk, I can get there in two. But if I want to take my time, I get there in seven. That's right. I got a slow walk going on. I walk like a Floridian or something or some sort of Southerner. I just take my damn time. I also have a bad knee, but nonetheless, I cleared the bench on the ferry the other day. I had a guy on my left who had a mask on and two gloves and these sunglasses that were like goggles on his head. And then I just had a regular guy to my right, and I let out one cough. One cough, ladies and gentlemen, was on the JFK, and this guy like just shifted all the way to the left, right? He almost fell off the bench when I did the one cough. It was one cough, and I have seasonal allergies, okay? I'm going to cough right now. <coughs> I have seasonal allergies, a lot of people out there that are, have allergies and they're being looked at like they're, they're I mean, screaming the N-word at a tree. Literally. That's how people are looking at you. So I coughed. This guy just, you know, he lost it and he had to move. A One more cough, maybe seven minutes later, the guy gets up and just walks away. He just leaves, right? And I'm just like, okay, whatever, man. Then another cough comes out, maybe another five minutes later, and the guy to my right just takes off. And now i got the whole bench to myself. And I'm thinking to myself, if I just... This is actually quite great. I mean, everyone always is wondering, like, if you had superpowers, what you what would you do with them? Here I have the power of the COVID-19, which I don't have. I mean, I, I don't know if I have it. I probably don't. But nonetheless, I, I've been out there. I've been uh, doing the stuff. And um, the power of the cough right now is is monumental. It's like one punch man. I'm one cough man. I get that cough out there and, and people just, just run away. And, you know, what's funny is you got these mask people out there. And they're just doing it wrong. I mean, I, I, I first of all, you need an N95 mask, like I alluded to earlier, uh, in an early episode, earlier episode. If you don't have the N95 mask, you're not doing anything. You're not creating a seal around your mouth to stop any of those airborne pathogen, uh, those droplets or airborne uh, germs getting in, right? So you're you're doing nothing. You're doing nothing, okay? And then you got people that God bless them. They're trying to give themselves a peace of mind. I get it. But then you have people that are wearing the mask, but their noses are completely out. They're just covering their mouths. And I guess maybe their thought is like, well, I'm, I'm doing a little bit. No, it's no. You could just wear nothing. Wear nothing. And then you got people wearing gloves, right? They're wearing these gloves. They have one glove on one hand. I saw one lady wearing one glove on the left, no glove on the right, and going about her day as if I, I, don't, I don't know what people are thinking. I know that people are on edge and they're doing crazy things. I saw one woman wearing those grocery vegetable bags on her hands. People are scared. People are freaking out. Everyone's got to just calm down, 
We're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Seriously. Veggie gloves on the hands. And another big problem that's happening, I saw this on the internet, and you know if it's on the internet, it's true. There are people out there wearing these gloves when they go out food shopping to hoard their toilet paper and hoard whatever else they can get. Uh, I'm, I'm still shocked I could find Oreos out there when you go food shopping. I'm, 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 I can't believe it. You, you leave the canned goods on the shelf, you go straight to the toilet paper. America, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest country on earth. So what people are doing is they do their shopping. They're touching the cart. They're feeling all germy. And in the parking lot, they just throw their gloves on the, on the floor. They're dumping their gloves all over the place. Okay? You got people out here creating a humanitarian crisis with their rubber gloves all over the parking lot. You know, people need to calm the fuck down. I get it. It's scary. There are people out there that are vulnerable and they're freaking the fuck out. But guess what? You know, the this top-down approach from the government and from the governors and from from the people out there, these these are the folks that they know how to handle this. They know how to curve this thing, to flatten the curve, so to speak. And we just have to trust in them, and, and this is the way to do it, this shutdown thing. we got to try to slow this bad boy down. You're not going to stop it. Everyone thinks that if we do this shutdown... We do the quarantine, we hunker down for a little bit, you're going to stop it. You're not going to stop it. You're not going to stop it until you get a therapeutic treatment or you get a vaccine. And that is a long way out because you got to make sure it's good. And everyone's talking about South Korea doing all these tests. Well, guess what? It's the same difference if you have a nice vehicle that you love and you want the best for it. You go to ExxonMobil, you go to Shell, you go to BP, you know, you go to Gulf. You don't go to fill her up. You don't go to we gots gas which is 50% corn. It's still gas, but it's pretty bad. If you need a pregnancy test, you go to CVS, you get clear blue. You don't go to the dollar store and you get, oh shit, I think I'm pregnant, right? Not trying to sound, I'm not trying to sound any type of way, but I'm trying to say just because there's 20,000 tests somewhere over here doesn't necessarily mean that they're good tests, all right? So everyone needs to just calm down and let the medical community and the, and the industry of the United States take over and get this thing under control. Uh, or not even, I'm not saying under control, but just get this thing to a place where we can make a dent. Because the only thing that's going to stop this, like I said earlier, in an episode, I said this two episodes ago, I think, that this thing cannot be stopped. It's going to go through. And pretty much everyone's going to get it unless you slow it down by uh, this quarantine situation. As of right now, I am essential, which means that I have to go into work. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm not excited, but I'm interested to see what it's going to look like tomorrow because this whole week with the ramping down thing, um, it was getting a little creepy in terms of the, uh, amount of people that I were seeing in lower Manhattan and, uh, and where it is that I go to work and stuff. It, it was getting a little weird. And then, uh, you know, you know, last week you go to get breakfast, you order a bacon, egg and cheese, you get it in two minutes. And uh, this Friday, I ordered it, and it took 22 minutes for me to get it because of the staff being reduced by 75%. And now, like I said before, everyone did not think that there would be a quarantine or a stay in shelter in place type thing, whatever. You know, I know that's too draconian to use, but I said that they were going to do this, and everything happens in stages. And now, look, I'm not trying to get political here. And everybody's going after. The, the the administration and the public officials for downplaying this thing, the only reason that they were doing that is to avoid panic, 
Two people on Staten Island got it, and someone got stabbed over toilet paper. There's no stopping this thing. You have to stop the panic, though, because what happens is the panic can become more deadly than the actual virus, which is kind of true. And if there's anything that we're learning from what's coming out of Italy, I'm going to get off the topic soon. If there's anything we could learn from what's coming out of Italy is that China fucking lied its ass off by saying for the first two months of this goddamn thing that there was no virus. Then they let the whistleblower doctor fucking die. And then they kicked out our journalists that were in there trying to get the word out. All right. So fuck those people, not the people of China, because the people of China, I'm pretty sure they're good. But the communist pieces of shits that were in charge have fucked the world, okay, with their bullshit. And I hate to use this type of vulgarity in the beginning of the show or at all, but it needed to be said, okay? Now, with that being said, we're moving on to what I've been doing to try to get this thing under control in terms of my psyche, and it's called the ZZ Top Challenge. And you may be thinking to yourself, Dom, what the hell is the ZZ Top Challenge? And I'm going to put it very frankly to you guys, okay? Uh, ZZ Top, everyone's heard of them. Everyone knows what ZZ Top is all about, right? So I've been listening to, ev- I've been trying to listen to every single studio album by ZZ Top, excluding the live and the compilations, because number one, I don't like live, and number two, compilation albums, I just don't like the fact that you could just grab anything and whatever, put it together. But let me tell you, I'm on six of 15 and will soon trade in all that I have for a 1934 Dodge D100. A hot rod and ride to Texas with whiskey in the passenger seat and the blues on my mind. Because guess what? I happen to like ZZ Top. Okay? Like I said, six albums in. At first it was a challenge and then it started becoming a bit of a pleasure. Because I like that boogie woogie, uh, bluesy feel that you're getting. There's some good harmonica work. There's some some uh, brass in some of this uh, stuff that they're doing these albums. And I think uh, as I go along, because they're getting a little bit crazier and wackier as we go along, you know, the sound is is uniquely 70s, and now they're trying to come into their own as I'm transitioning into the 80s. But nonetheless, ZZ Top, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I was sitting there, and I'm saying to myself, ZZ Top, I've, I've, I, everyone knows the name of the band, but I can't even name you a song by ZZ Top. I can't even name you a tune or hum you a tune that I know about these guys that I that's familiar. But then I finally got to it, and in the third album, I hit a, I hit a tune that was like, okay, this is probably what made them famous. And um, and I, I w- I'm not going to give that away. I think that you should challenge yourselves, okay? If you're quarantined right now, or if you're working and you have uh, not downtime, but things are a little slow, and you have a little uh, time on your hands to do uh, something different you should maybe go and do the ZZ Top Challenge yourselves, and you might be pleasantly surprised. Now, uh, after all that, my ZZ Top Challenge, it's been it's been great. I really do enjoy it. I think it's fun. It's toe-tapping, listening to music. Like, I'm sitting there, and I'm just jamming out while doing my work because I'm an essential worker. Okay, before I get to the next segment here, uh, which is going to be the hop of the week, I have something to say. So I'm going to do something a little bit different, as you know, uh, every week. And for those of you that are just joining, I do a a hop of the week where I showcase a hop. I have a notebook here. So if you hear, uh, oh, just hit the microphone with it. You hear pages turning, you're going to know. So uh, for the season two, which was the reboot from my lovely fans and and everyone out there in the community that donated to give me this equipment, to get me this equipment, love you guys. And thank you all for listening week in and week out. I did a little bit of a different approach in season two and now season three. 
uh, with a hop of the week. And uh, since 136, I got all these hops. I made a master list of them all. I got Mandavina, Bavaria, Super Pride, Nugget, Golding U.S., uh, Sentinel, or Centennial, excuse me, Galaxy, Gargoyle, California Cluster, Dana, Polaris, B.O.R., Vojvodina, Forgot to do one, 148, Southern Brewer, Eldorado, Idaho 7, Tetanaga, Sabro, Cockatoo, uh, Mosaic, Serrera, Admiral, Dana again. This is the controversy. In 158, I did Dana again, and I am and I did it in 144. I am so ashamed. I'm so sorry. I will never happen again. That's why I made the master list. Then we did Jester, and now for 160, I was going to do a different hop. I had it all lined up. I'm not doing the wheel anymore. It's stupid, right? I just got to be prepared. I was going to do another one, but you know what? If a beer that I'm doing, if a brewery is willing to tell me the hops that are in that beer, I am go- that is now going to be the hop of the week. Okay? So for Zero Gravity, uh, they have they have written here that their, their hops are Citra, Muteca, and Eldorado. Now, I'm surprised at this. I thought I did Citra on here. Like, I thought I had hit it up already, but I didn't. But I know I did Eldorado. Eldorado. Excuse me. Eldorado. And I didn't do uh, Muteca, but I think the beer last week had it in there. So for this week, I will be doing the hops that are in uh, the the Madonna Double IPA. And uh, these are those hops uh, right now. I'm having a little trouble here with the laptop. Hopefully it doesn't uh, go bad here. But first thing we have here is the Citra hops. Uh, now this is, I mean, listen, if you're a craft beer drinker... you. you you know the term citra hops. I mean, it's everywhere. And here, uh, Hoplist was giving me a problem, so I'm on morebeer.com here, and I'm going to the product section here. It says, Citra is currently one of the most sought-after hops among craft and home brewers for their intense citrus aroma and flavor. Grapefruit and lime aromas, along with gooseberry, passion fruit, and lychee notes. Or is it leche? Leche is milk, right, in Spanish? So lychee notes... Currently one of the top choices for late hop additions or dry hopping uh, when you want to make the that ultimate hop bomb IPA or pale ale. Uh, Citra also has a fairly high alpha acid content, making it a good choice for bittering IPAs, pales, and American ales. Supply has been limited in the industry, but more beer, loved uh, for the hop, uh, love for this hop from, uh, love this hop from day one and bought a lot of it uh, years ago on contract, which I think I mentioned here on the show before, is that the 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 um, there's cop contracts and stuff. So like a lot of uh, a lot of those um, sought after hops like Citra here uh, are only available in certain areas. So the ca- uh, characteristics here are the alpha acids are 11 to 13 uh, percent, and it's from America and it's owned by Yakima Chief Hops. That's the trademark. Yeah, the flavor and aroma is citrus, uh, tropical and fruity, and uh, that's it. Citrus everywhere, man. I mean, literally, like everywhere you go, you got the, you see citra is very, very widely used. I think it's a very um, all around hop, especially from that description there alone. And next we have here El Dorado. El Dorado hops are utilized for their high alpha bittering characteristics and are best known for a sweet candy like aroma. Strong bittering and aromatic notes of cherry and mango complement everything from IPAs to pale ales and wheats. Grown in the Moxie Valley, a sub-region of the Yakima Valley in Washington, the alpha acid composition for this bad boy is anywhere from 14 to 16%, which is pretty darn high. 
And again, it's going to give you those high alpha acids, and uh, it's a tropical fruity uh, flavor and aroma. El Dorado does appear quite a bit in terms of where you get your beers and where, I mean, and where, you, where, where you're getting your craft from right now. So Citra and El Dorado, they are widely found and known. But the next one here is from New Zealand, and it's the Motueka hop. M- Motueka? It, you know, take your pick there. But it's also referred to as B-Saj hops, and we learned that. It's not say as, it's sage, like massage. This sager descendant is mostly used for its bold aroma of lemon, lime, and tropical fruits. A fantastic addition to lagers, Belgians, and English ales. Muteca, also a great way to spice up your favorite IPA recipe. So we got here alpha acid composition of anywhere from 6.5 to 8.5%. And it comes from New Zealand. It's going to give you that citrus flavor and the tropical aroma. And it's used for aroma and flavor. So... The interesting thing about this particular beer here that I'm doing this week uh, from Zero Gravity, they also list that the malt that they're using, and it's Pilsner and American Wheat, uh, along with the hops, which were the Citra, Mateca, and El Dorado. So m- much respect to these guys for putting it out there. And like I said before, if these people, gi- uh, if these breweries give me uh, that information, I am going to share it with you guys, and that will be the hop of the week. And I know that it, it could get redundant. I get that, but I'm okay with it. I think I said it earlier. I'm okay with that because now you're going to know exactly what Citra is all about. I'm going to hit you with that alpha acid composition. I'm going to hit you with that description every time. And then when you go into the market, into the market, if you go to your distributor and you see beers and you see that it has Citra in it, you're going to know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to know exactly how it smells and exactly how it tastes each and every time. You're going to be able to pinpoint that citra anywhere you go, whatever the, where, whether it's um, this beer or the next. You're going to know citra. So I'm, I'm looking to drive that home. I don't know why I didn't do that before. I, I think that's a you know, little mistake on my part, but you know what are you going to do, right? Always improving, always ready to go. This is what we are here. We're a one-man show, and that's what it's all about. But now, uh, let's get on to what beer news we do have. Uh, there isn't a ton. Well, there, there's a bit. There's a bit. There's there's a lot of COVID-19-related news. I know that gets a lot of people, you know, upset a little bit. I get it. But, you know, there's one big thing that I want to talk about, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, this is from TheHill.com. The beer industry calls for $5 billion dollars. In federal assistance, and I didn't read this, so I want to try to maybe see who exactly is asking for this assistance. But the the Beer Institute and other local alcohol beverage producers groups uh, wrote to the congressional leadership for a uh, stabilization fund of five billion dollars. Yeah, obviously we got the the COVID nineteen going on here. Let me so so these are the people that the letter was signed from uh, Beer Institute Brewers Association. Okay, BA, which is fine. Wine Institute, Wine America, Distilled Spirit Council, Discus, American Craft Spirits Association, American Cider Association, the American Mead uh, Makers Association. Um, and there's other uh, places uh, seeking relief. Uh, so, I mean, right there, and right then and there, uh, seeing that the uh, Brewers Association, take it for what you want. I, I know there's a lot of people that don't trust them and don't think that, uh, you know, what, what their thoughts and opinions are are very... Um, are very good, but nonetheless, there they are putting their name on there. So I don't think they're going to go against the craft industry because obviously that's the industry that's hurting right now. And if the 
if the federal government can prop these businesses up, because this is the this is actually what has to happen. I mean, you do have yes, big businesses that do have a lot of jobs, you know, that they give uh, to 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 uh, regular Americans out there and across the world. But nonetheless, there are businesses out there that do need to be propped up, and one of them is indeed the beer industry. And uh, another silver lining here about this uh, whole. Um, statewide order here is that the New York liquor stores have been deemed essential. And I have never been more just in line with government, I think, in my life. And this is from CBSNews.com. Governor Cuomo, right here in New York, our governor, has said that on Friday, the executive order mandates 100% of the state's workforce must stay home, excluding essential services. And this order does not apply to liquor stores. So if you may be told that you cannot leave your home, uh, unless you're going to the grocery store, the doctor, or the liquor store, which I think is probably the mo- the greatest thing I've heard in a long time. Liquor stores have been deemed as essential business and may remain open. You do not need to reduce your workforce. This applies to SLA licenses, uh, entities as per the SLA. Be- uh, beverage manufacturing, including alcohol beverages, is considered essential and included al- on the list of exemptions, meaning that my craft brewery, People here on Staten Island are still going to be able to operate. The brothers and sisters of craft brewing, brewing, excuse me, brewing that are located in Manhattan and the five boroughs, they're all going to be able to keep it going. And you got to go in there and you got to buy it a little bit. Listen, we're going to be getting a little bit of money from the government. Everybody's going to be getting it unless you make uh, over $150,000 as a a household or over $75,000. Nonetheless, If you get this money, consider going to this place. Or if you have that kind of money that you don't need the stimulus, right? You have that money in your coffers, in your war chest, you know, in your emergency fund. A part of your emergency fund should be geared toward craft beer, okay? I know that sounds crazy, but think about it. If you're not stocked up by now, think about maybe like, hey, you know, let's just try something from, from, you know, the local place, right? Somewhere that's close by, the one place that you know that's going to be that's uh, that you want to be there when this thing is all said and done. Like I've been talking about, I should go down to uh, Beer Garden over here at the bar. I don't want that local bar to go. I should go down there and see if I can get something because they, because you know they can give you beers. Like they can't give you a crowler out of there. I know a lot of places are not filling cra- uh, growlers. It's more crowlers. I know Flagship is delivering, so they're they're putting all their beer out there and and it's at a and it's not at cost but the prices are really good for a lot of these places right now because you're getting it direct all right you're getting it direct so there's no profit motive Uh, excuse me sorry i just kicked something you know you're not dealing with a middleman here or anything like that so that's actually uh quite substantial and uh and really good so i'm i'm pretty excited about that oh man i'm fighting this hiccup again excuse me so uh dogfish head uh, uh one of the the pinnacles Okay, if you want to talk about Mount Rushmore, because I put that on this show, I have a Mount Rushmore of the different um, uh, categories here. Dogfish Head, from scratch, have made hand sanitizer. Now, this is a, a big problem here. There's a bit of a, so- a shortage across the board in supplies and everything like that. But Dogfish Head um, knows that their community is in, in need and there's nationwide shortages going on right now. And um, they are now in the hand sanitizer business, and the sanitizer will be sold to the state of Delaware at market price, and 100% of the profits will go into a fund to support Delawareans affected by the coronavirus. And this right here 
is where it all comes together. Dogfish Head, yes, they made that deal with uh, Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams, that merger type situation. But the fact that they are taking their high-proof version of their gin, because they have a spirit section, and they're making a hand sanitizer with it, according to the World Health Organization's and, and the CDC's uh, recommendations... I just can't believe it right there. So their production of brewery and distillery does remain open. Uh, their tasting room and kitchen, all their pubs and stuff like that, they're in, closed until further notice. But the fact that they're making this hand sanitizer and making it available to the citizens of their community, that is what craft beer is all about. And I keep trying to drive this home. And if I have it in a while, I'm going to drive it home right now. Get to know your local craft beer folks. You could go into Dogfish Head and get to know those folks, okay, and 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 support them. It's a community, right? You're listening to this podcast. You've been listening. You're a part of this community. You're part of my community, right? And I come out here week in and week out. Sometimes I take a little time off because I get a little tired. I got almost. I got a one year old here. Gonna be one. She's gonna be one years old next month. By the way. April 5th. But I come down here. I don't have to come down here and do this podcast, but I do it because I love this community. I love the people that I I interact with and that I get to talk to every week. It's fucking great. It's the best thing I got going on right now. Well, I mean, my life is fantastic. I got a great life. All right. And this is a, and this is a pretty big part of it. I mean, doing this podcast and being able to come down here and talk to you people. It's absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate it. And, and, and to see that Dogfish Head is doing this and to see the communities coming together, to see people just coming together, banding together and getting through this thing is so inspiring and so fantastic. I really, I just, I think it's great. Speaking of the hand sanitizer thing, BrewDog is getting into it. Now, I know that BrewDog gets a lot of flack in the community. I, I get it. You know, they're, they're, they, they're, they're one of those like non-craft craft situations, but you know, they are making the hand sanitizer. I got to give uh, credit where credit's uh, due. Brew gel. Punk sanitizer. You know, they have their shtick. They, they're doing what they're doing, and um, they're making uh, the hand sanitizer to get out there to the community. I think that it is very important uh, for for this type of thing to happen. Uh, we have a... Uh, now, this is great. This, this article is coming from foodandwine.com, uh, and this is saying a mobile canning company is packing small breweries beers for free during the COVID-19 outbreak. And this is great because it's it's just gonna it's gonna give exposure to these businesses. When this thing is done and over with, people are gonna look back on what what was done, who answered the call, and who did what. So if you're a brewery in Colorado and have liquid stuck in tanks, we will come and can the beer at no cost. Cody Craft Canning, okay? Yesterday, the Craft uh, Beer Trade Group, the Brewers Association, again, the Brewers Association put out there released a survey found that 99% of the over 600 breweries that responded had been impacted because they did a survey by the COVID-19 virus. Okay. A tiny silver lining. As a tiny silver lining, bottled and canned beers may see a slight uptick in sales as people stock up. But what about the breweries that don't package their products? This is where they step in. Okay. Here in Colorado. So really and truly, I mean, this is just such a fantastic thing that these guys are stepping in here and they're going into these breweries that don't have the means to can it. And they're doing it. Okay? They're doing it. So respect to the Brewers Association, again, for trying to get the word out on these uh, companies, these breweries, excuse me, uh, 
that are struggling when it comes to the impact of the COVID-19. 99% of the over 600 breweries that are considered craft, according to the Brewers Association, are being affected negatively. And this company is going out there and taking um, taking action. Here is another place, another brewery, a Cleveland brewery, offers beer for a penny to all emergency responders, healthcare, and service industry workers. This is one of the... <laughs> This is one of the best things I've ever read, like in my life. Okay, in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, what's the name of this brewery here? Saucy Brew Works. Okay, remember the name. We need to put, we need to get these the, these breweries the attention that they deserve to say thanks for their dedication during the coronavirus pandemic. Saucer Saucy Brew Works offered up to a six pack of beer for a penny. Not six cents, not a like uh, a penny for a beer, a six pack of beer for a penny to emergency responders and hospital workers. The gesture was also offered to the service industry employees who have been greatly impacted after the governor's order to close all restaurants and bars in Ohio, with the exception of takeout services. Personnel with appropriate employer identif- uh, identification could pick up the beer in exchange for a penny at the brewery's Detroit Avenue location. I mean, come on. This is absolutely unbelievable that this brewery is putting themselves out there and doing this. I mean, again, Saucy Brew Works, Saucy Brew Works, Saucy Brew Works out of Cleveland, Ohio. Email them if you can. Let them know that this is one of the, I mean, seriously, think about it, people. A penny for a six pack and you know these people need it. These first responders, these essential workers, they're going out there. Okay. They're going out there and they're feeling it right now. It's hard. They're working probably double time. They're doing all these hours, you know, and and uh, trying to get the job done and make sure everyone's safe. Hold on. I fucked up my browser here. Next article I have here. Uh, and now this is a little. Now we're going to try to get off the COVID-19 thing a little, a little bit here. And uh, I'm going to look. I didn't read this article yet, but I'm going to read it and try to give you my perspective on it because I think it's a, an interesting article. And it says here, 10 great, quote, Intro to craft, quote, end quote, beers for the hoppiverse. Okay, whatever. Uh, this is from pastemagazine.com. And the author has a couple beers here that I'm familiar with. And I'm not going to read the poo-pooing of the bitterness and the blah. I get it. I know what people are up against when it comes to uh, to beers. The first thing, now actually, hold on. I'm actually, I might be, I, I might um, agree with this guy right off the bat because the first thing he has here is uh, Stefana. Hefeweizen beer. So a Hefeweizen right off the bat. Alternatives are Sierra Nevada, no, excuse me, Sierra Nevada's Kellerweiss or Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat. I get where he's going. He's coming out the gate with something that is a little bit more pedestrian, something that's not over the top. Uh, you know, you have that um, that uh, juicy fruit flavor going on when it comes to these Hefeweizens. So the wheat ale, I think, is a pretty good way to get everything in order here. And he says here, the Weinheschefana is the, the definitive German-style Hefeweizen, which means it's an unfiltered wheat ale with a good amount of yeast still in suspension, which helps contribute to its uniquely fruity and spicy flavor profile. This tends to be the benchmark against uh, so many other Hefeweizens, both German and American style, and how they're judged. And they're readily available all over the United States. This particular beer is so strongly associated with the brewery, in fact, that most people hear Weinhestefana and immediately assume you're talking about a Hefeweizen. 
Not so much for me. I think you're thinking of Franziskaner or Hogarden when you're thinking of the Hefeweizens, even though Hogarden's more of a Belgian, but still the, uh, the that wheat uh, characteristic is there nonetheless. The next thing they have up here is Anchor Steam Brewing Company, their steam beer. I think that's pretty good. I mean, they do have a pretty decent lager, but I mean, it's not, mm, it's not craft anymore. So, bleh, you know, moving on, moving on. Next thing he has here is uh, Moose Drool Brown Ale from Big Sky Brewing Company. I think I've had from them uh, their winter warmer. I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, kill me if I'm wrong, but their alternatives they have here is Rogue Hazelnut Brown, Bell's Breast Down, or Samuel Smith's uh, Nut Brown. I'm more akin to go with the Samuel Brown, but uh, the, excuse me, the Samuel Smith's. But again, the fact that this this guy is putting a brown ale out there, I mean, I was going to shit all over the guy in the article, but the fact that he's putting brown ales out there in this article, I got to give him a lot of credit. So, um, you know, kudos to him. Next thing he has here, and this is for a Witta. It's got to be for a Witta because of what I'm reading here. Trying to introduce people to the Belgian style ale. They have the Allagash White. I get that. I think that's pretty good. Um, and what does he have for the for the alternatives? Nothing. He just says Allagash White is the way to go. Nobody's going to argue with this one. As I wrote uh, earlier, he referenced Allagash White may be, may well be the single most widely beloved of all the major craft beer flagships. Okay. I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh, but the Belgian with beer is also a very niche area to go. So, and also I'm going to say this and this, I don't want to sound controversial or anything like that, but Belgian style stuff, kind of the Witte, like, especially that, like, I look at it in stages because you got the, the doubles, the triples, and the quads. The Witta portion uh, with the coriander, I mean, coriander is just so noticeable in terms of the flavor that it's like, uh, you know, it's like if you put too much pepper on a steak, you know, you could put it in a filet mignon and you could put it on a, uh, a chuck uh, steak and you're going to have the same flavor. I mean, obviously it's going to go down differently, but the flavor profile is going to be the kind of the same. And that's what happens when you put these corianders in the wits. I understand that you have to do that. So I understand that he's given respect to probably one of the biggest craft, if Allagash is still craft. I mean, at this point, I don't even know. But uh, yeah, Allagash White or, or any wits actually, Omegang is pretty good, you know, anything like that. So the, what do you have here for... What does he have next? He has a porter. He has a porter here, and it's uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company, Edmunds Fitzgerald, or he has Bell's Porter, Founders Porter, uh, Deutsche Black Boot, Anchor Porter, Sierra Nevada Porter. I mean, again, I really should have maybe glanced through this because I thought this guy was going to bullshit because I thought it was one of those articles that's like, these are the 10 best breweries, blah, blah, blah. and usually they're they're terrible, but um, I've had I've heard of the Edmunds Fitzgerald Porter. I'm not a big porter guy. Um, cause if I'm going to have like a dark beer that's roasty and toasty like that, I kind of want to have the punch of a stout, you know, um, that's just me though. The next thing he has here is uh, a Pilsner and he put down the, uh, Victoria Brewing Prima Pils. Uh, he also has here, uh, Firestone Walker Pivo, uh, Lagunitas Pils, Oscar Blues Mama's, uh, Little Yellow Pils and North Coast Scrimshaw. So Victory, I I'm almost positive they're not craft anymore. Firestone Walker, I think they're owned by a big company, and Lagunitas is no longer craft. Uh, Oscar Blues, Little Mama's Yellow Pills is pretty darn good, but I'm going to go with my my bread and butter pills. Obviously, love Bitburger. Gotta, I can't get enough of that, but Five Burger Pilsner is one of the best non-German Pilsners that I've pretty much ever had, like in terms of like the flavor characteristics. So 
Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to buck them on this one with the Prima Pills uh, from Victory. And I'm going to say, you got to go out if you can and go get five borrow uh, Pilsner. Next thing he has here is a Dunkel. Now he has the Von Trapp Brewery, which for me, uh, the things that I've had for Von Trapp weren't so fantastic. The fact that he's putting a Dunkel here kind of uh, doesn't boggle me here, but it's just, you do not see a lot of these like Schwarz beers and, and stuff like uh, Dunkels. I mean, it's kind of like the German Porter style, right? You know, you have like the, they're not too sweet. Um, I don't, I don't know why he put that here, but they're, they're not even, they're, they're malty, but they're, they're, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've, it's been a while since I've had a Dunkel. Um, but if I'm going to go German, I'm definitely going to go a Helles Lager or a uh, Kolsch. I'm not going to go with a, um, with a Dunkel, even though they're pretty tasty. Uh, if the, if the, um, if the moment calls for it. Now, this is interesting here. He goes to a Saison. He does uh, Boulevard Brewing, a Tank 7 Saison. And he also has here Omegang's Hennepin, an Allagash Saison. But I thought that Omegang's Hennepin was um, not a Saison, but a, a Witte. Uh, so I'm a little confused with that. I have really nothing to offer in terms of a Saison other than it's a, a, a pretty, if you're not a sour guy, you would, you would, you would probably lean towards the Saisons. Next thing he has here is a Doppelbach, which is Iyengar Celebrator. And I got a hats off to this fucking guy for putting this on here. This is probably one of the finer beers that I've ever had in my lifetime. I anger celebrator Nuremberg or beer house, which is right here on Staten Island. They were, they had it on tap, uh, during, uh, the, um, Oktoberfest season and the winter months. And it is such an unbelievable, unbelievable beer to be had. So for, I, again, I don't know why he's putting a Dunkel and a Doppelbach on there, but, um, the fact that, um, that he has, uh, I anger celebrator on here is actually really good in terms of, uh, that if you have the if you see like a spot and optimator out there, don't get that. You got to try to find Iyengar Celebrator, and you also get a little ornament of a goat on there. And he also has here at the number ten the New Belgium Fat Tire, which is um, no longer craft. So I will not I will strike that from the record. And he also has the uh, alternatives to be Trogues, Sierra Nevada, or Lagunitas. Strike Lagunitas. I would go with the Bells Too Hearted if you want an amber ale. Okay, go with the Bells Too Hearted. Uh, and leave, um, leave, uh, whatchamacallit, leave New Belgium out of it. Uh, the last big news that I have here, and this is the biggest news of the, of the whole episode is that the Brewers Association has released its 2020 beer style guidelines, which is the first time in five years that they've done so. Uh, now we've, we've had, um, these style guidelines before, uh, and they've been doing it for a while. Uh, and they have hundreds of minor edits across several beer style, uh, beer styles, but the 2020 guideline includes the following additions and significant style revisions. And I'm going to list them now. So they've, uh, added contemporary American style lager, and they've also um, added contemporary American style light lager. So I'm interested to see what falls into that card, uh, category. And some significant revisions that they've made, because like I said, I have that on the app, and it's uh, from 2015. I don't know if they updated yet, but they have. The former, uh, quote, Emerging India Pale Ale has been renamed to Experimental India Pale Ale and moved to the hybrid mixed lagers uh, 
or Ales Group, the American Style India Pale Ale or Imperial India Pale Ale, comma, Juicy or Hazy India Pale Ale, and <laughs> Imperial India Pale This is, hold on. So they have they've taken the experimental India Pale Ale and have made these separate ones where it's American style, imperial, juicy or hazy, imperial India, and American style black. Because saying pale ale all those times made my brain fall apart. There's also contemporary Belgian style spontaneous fermented ale. Uh, it used to be called uh, a guige lambic. Okay. That is a niche. I got to try to get my hands on one of those because I'd never, I don't think I've ever read that. Contemporary, uh, contemporary Belgian style spontaneous ferment. What does spontaneous mean? You didn't expect it to ferment? Session beer uh, has been edited to strengthen the separation between beers made to lower alcohol levels relative to classic versions of the beer that fall within classic versions defined as containing alcohol levels under 5%. And I think that's pretty huge because you've seen some, I've said this before, you've seen some sessions that are there at 5.5 or, you know, 5.2, but now we're going to make it that they're under five. And I think that's uh, fantastic. Rye beer has been altered to reflect broader range of mouthfeel and sensory attributes that arise from use of many different varieties of rye malt. And the last thing we have here is American-style Session India Pale Ale has been moved to the hybrid mixed lagers or ales group. And that is that. So I, I think that it's really fantastic. The big takeaway here is that the Juicy Hazy category has been updated because it's very popular right now. And uh, that's the one thing that everyone's looking to right now is those, those haze craze and those juice bombs, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of which, I think it's time for me to go to the fridge and get the show beer, ladies and gentlemen. So just wait one second. Okay, I know I said this before, but Newsweek.com has reiterated you can get um, alcohol takeout from the bars and restaurants right now. So that is something to uh, behold. So interesting beer we have here right now. Very interesting beer. I can't wait to get into it here. I have the notes here, and I'm gonna re. I'm gonna open one up right now, and pour it out and get to it. But we have here. I'm gonna read from the website, Madonna Double IPA from Zero Gravity, established in 2004, craft brewery. We have here, Madonna Double IPA, generously hop Vermont Double IPA made with Pilsner malt and American wheat, uh, balanced, bright, and highly satisfying. That's all they write. I really like the can. There's something like 1979 about the can. Or 19... No, no. 1976. Looks like an old yearbook. So we have a double IPA here. Hazy gold appearance. The malt is Pilsner and American wheat. 90 IBUs. 8% alcohol by volume. The hops are Citra, Muteca, and Eldorado. And uh, they're using a house ale yeast. All right. I got the patented... You hear that? It means we need a beer, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Pete Sullivan. This glass has brought me nothing but joy. So let's crack open this tall boy can here. Oh, look at that. So I remember, I, you know, I try to do things in a little bit of an orderly fashion here. I do the look, the smell, the taste, and then I try to comment on the style of the beer. 
And uh, the <laughs> when I cracked this thing open before the show, I heard myself shout, it smells like a zoo. Okay? I shouted that. You might be thinking to yourself, why would you why would you say that, dumb? I mean, because it was just so goddamn dank. And it's funny because there's that the Staten Island Zoo when I was a kid had that dank smell to it, so it brings me back. But nonetheless, let me cross this off here. So I pour it out here, and um, it it it's a it's a very lively beer. Uh, I got again four uh, three fingers ahead here. It's really hard to pour this one. I still got a little bit left in the can and I did a pretty gentle uh, pour. But the one thing that just boggles my mind about this beer, and it, it's like a snow globe of floaties, okay? Like those little specks that we get in there with those uh, with certain wheats or certain um, unfiltered. I mean, it's really unbelievable. Hold on, I gotta try to eliminate some of this head here. That wasn't easy to do. But trying to give a fair review here uh, yeah i took a video of this before because i couldn't believe what i was seeing like it, i swear to god i've never seen or noticed such an active beer okay the sheer amount of movement here uh just had me mesmerized so much so that i took a video of it and uh i'm gonna share it on the facebook i'm gonna remember to do that uh it was like uh watching a lava lamp of a uh, hops malt and yeast Seriously, I hold this thing up and there's just so many floaties in it, which is a good thing. I know a lot of people get put off by it, but do not be put off by it. This is going to be a pleasure train uh, for your palate. Um, so when I look at it, it's fairly hazy, but not your mimosa colored juice bomb look, you know, like that orange juicy look. But it has a similar look to the shape of hops to come uh, by Nashimi or Nashimi, whatever it was. And it's currently sitting on the Mount Rushmore of ales, by the way. And if I go back in my notes, excuse me, let me go back in. This is what's uh, important about doing the notes here. They were using uh, Citra and Simcoe. Okay. Now, I don't know what their 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 malt situation was, but it was an 8.5 uh, Imperial IPA, double IPA. Uh, it had great lacing. It had a very white head, just similar to this one. Uh, deep amber color, lots of activity in the glass with combination. They had two fingers ahead. This one had three, and it also had floaties, flakes, but nothing too big. Now, the reason I say that is because they're similar in the look. When I poured this thing out, I was like, I've seen this similar look before, and I wanted to map out how it looked, and I was like, this looks just like Shape of Hops to Come. And now Shapes of Hops to Come is on the Mount Rushmore, so can it is it going to be the one to overtake or try to uh, to, to make that contention? We're going to see. So um, back to what we're doing here. It's got some serious, serious solid head retention. Like it's there for a long time and the lacing is par none. I, I mean, again, I, I haven't realized it. Like, I mean, like I always kind of like I'm passe when it comes to the uh, to the lacing. But this, this was too noticeable. Let's get a nose on it and see if... Uh, what I wrote holds true. Yeah, it does. It's everything you want to smell in an IPA. I mean, it's dank. It's got that that biting hop aroma. It's floral and spicy and piney. I'm trying to see, again, 
if I can point out the malt specifically, because I'm, I'm into Pilsner and I know wheat. It's not happening though. There's a sweet aroma there, uh, but it's balanced really well with the dank hops. There's a citrusy aroma again, which is concurrent with the citra. It's just got the way it smells, the way it looks. It's inviting. It really is. Uh, and 8%, you know, you, you want to sit here and you want to like study it, but let's just dive right in. Here we go. Mm. So the first thing I notice is that I'm utterly shocked that it's 8%. And it's and it still rings true. Cannot believe how it's 8% um, ABV. One of the most drinkable IPAs in recent memory. Very, very light stone dryness at the end. The finish, I mean, the beginning, you get orange, passion fruit, mango, pineapple, all of it's there. And it has this gentle, velvety mouthfeel to it. A perfect bitter finish because it's not over the top. You know, it's it's not... It's like a stone fruit, bittery finish, an earthy finish to it, but it's so drinkable, so utterly drinkable. With the shape of hops to come, it was bitter, bitter, bitter. And this, this is this is much, much, much easier. Mm. Mm. You get that ABV heat on your breath way after, so this is a dangerous one. But that beginning, that mango flavor, it's light and not too sweet. You know, and I, I just can't get over the smoothness of this beer. It's it's nearly indescribable how just creamy smooth it is. Mm. And without it being an over like an overwhelming juice bomb, like that's not there. But the mm, it's got like a sweet orange flavor. It's it's sweet, but it's just oh. It's really good. It's 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 really really fucking good. I, and I think that this is a. Uh, I think it's fantastic as a double IPA. I mean, it has the intense hop aroma, it has the sweetness and the heat, but it's not overbearing. I I still can't believe it's eight percent. It's almost perfect. Really and truly, it's almost perfect. So now, when I did the comparison of the shape of hops to come in this one, because obviously it, it rests on the Mount Rushmore. I thought to myself, what's going to put it over the top? Because with the shape of hops to come, I was so enamored with the smell of the beer, right? But the the flavor was very, very bold. And again, 8.5, didn't get the alcohol burn there. Pineapple, mango up front, Simcoe was shining through, Simcoe, uh, Citra and Simcoe was shining through. It was tough to score. And is this one tough to score too? Yeah, sure. But the difference here is the utter drinkability. I mean, it is just unreal. Which means that, ladies and gentlemen, we got another one. Yep. Zero gravity crap brewery burst out of Bishmago. I just said a whole bunch of mishmash there. Eight percent, Sarah Sarge. Zero gravity crap brewery, Vermont-based Madonna double IPA. It's done it because it gets a nine point one, right? And it will dethrone the shape of hops to come, which was an eight point nine. 
Which means that the ale characteristic here is ever-changing, and we still have yet to have a juice bomb, and this is a 9.1. It's going to be hard to dethrone this one. So I'm going to take this time to give you guys a little bit of the gist of the Mount Rushmore because we got people listening for the first time. For season two, I introduced this idea of the Mount Rushmore for the craft beers, which we will have a lager, an ale, a stout, and a seasonal in terms of what we are getting, correct? So uh, last season, we had, we had five borough Pilsner on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, it has yet to be dethroned, so it made it to this season. Uh, for the ale, we had Bird of the Unicorn, which uh, then Citrus Snuggy took over, which then Eastern Standard took over in Season 3. The Shape of Hops to Come took over the Eastern Standard, and now we have Madonna from Zero Gravity at 9.1. The, the scores just keep going up and up. Uh, for the Stout, Tiramisu Munchie was dethroned by Lucius, or Luscious, in Season 2, and that stands today. And uh, for the Seasonal, we had Kegnog for the Winter. So... I am going to be doing a wheat beer to see if they can dethrone that one. And I don't know if it can, but we will certainly see if it does. Uh, what do we got here? Anything else that I am missing here? But hey, I'm just want to real quick. Um, the social distancing is uh, is hopefully going to work. Uh, my job is unaffected by the crisis because listen, I know a lot of people right now are uh, very nervous. Uh, I know a couple people that did get laid off. I'm very fortunate that that doesn't affect me. Uh, really and truly, I, I think about it every day now that it has happened. We are where we are, but three beers in, we'll go on. America will go on. Life will go on. We are going to be okay. The light is at the end of the tunnel, ladies and gentlemen. Hunker down. Keep calm and carry on. We're going to be all right. Cheers to all of you. I'm going to enjoy this. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. It's so good. Let me take this up here. Mm. Mm. See if you can go out and get it. It's at Joe Canals. That's where I got it from. All right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 160. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Stay safe out there. Hunker down with your craft beer if you need to. Do the ZZ Top Challenge if you're out of something on Netflix. Please enjoy your time, everybody. Life is good. Love you all. Take care. Mm-hmm.